We're in a new sermon series, and um, as I kind of quickly introduced last week, I was so excited last week about the new year and everything else, I just dove right in. I didn't really introduce anything like I normally do, but uh, we're in this new sermon series, and it's called Call His Name, right? And, and if we've paid attention to the news, and I'm not being political whatsoever, so don't take any of that home with you, don't put words into my mouth or anything else like that, but, but we've seen this, this idea for a long, for several years now of, you know, call out this person's name or call this person's name or call these people out or support this or support that or be this or be that. We, we've got little frames that we put on our Facebook um, profile pictures that I'm this and I'm that and, and be that and be this and, and, and so forth. And we are labeling ourselves to the uttermost, Right? We are labeling ourselves in every form and in every fashion possible today. And if we're not labeling ourselves, then we're certainly allowing others to label us today. Amen? And, and I'm going to be honest with you, church. It, it should be no surprise in a day and a time where we're promised in Scripture that there's coming a time where we will be marked it should be no surprise to you that the desensitization to labels, whatever they are, I'm not pointing a finger at anything in particular, but the desensitization of labels, period, is a muck in our heart and in our land. Amen? And, and what I think is important for us, it is important for us to, to find our identity in Jesus Christ. Because we're quick to find our identity in everything else. Amen? And I'm not saying... I'm not saying that all of those things are bad, but what I'm saying is we will find identity in this and we will find identity in that. We will claim to be this. We will set goals to be that. Amen. When really at the end of the day, we should be identifying ourselves with Jesus Christ and he will add everything else to us. He will supply the grace. He will supply the power. He will supply the funds. He will supply all of the things necessary for the next thing in our life. If we're truly going to be an Enoch, amen, and live spiritual and live obedient, then we're called to a place where we are spiritual and obedient. Nothing else. Amen? So, so what do you label me as? Spiritual. What do you label me as? Obedient. Amen? We shouldn't want more than that. Amen? And trust God to give everything else that comes with that or that is needed for that because he will work that in our life. The problem is we speak a whole lot of other selves, we, or we speak a whole lot of other things into ourselves. Right? Y'all with me this morning? I, I know it's cold and I know it's wet and, and, and everything else, but I've had a lot of coffee because I've been here since a little bit before seven. So I'm, I'm, I'm jacked right now, right? So we're, we're just, we're just going to get through this together, okay? So y'all, y'all, y'all hang with me because there's a whole lot of caffeine bubbling up in this guy, right? So the reality for us, though, is what are we labeling ourselves as? Amen? And ultimately, what is our main label? What is our main identity? And where do we come from? And so in, in thinking about that and, and having this idea and God ministering it to me over the last several months and kind of working through it and making notes and doing studies and different things like that, I came to this idea that if we're going to be identified with Christ, amen, then what is Christ's label? What is Jesus called? What do we say about him? Who is he? 
Amen? And we know, we know that he's the son of God. We know that he hung on a cross. You know, we know that he sits at the right hand of God and everything else. And because of him, yay, we get to go to heaven. Right? But hopefully that's not all we know. Hopefully that's, that's not all we identify with. Hopefully there's more to it than that in our walk. Amen? Because I'm going to be honest with you. If that's our walk and the synopsis of it, amen, I, that's not too exciting to me. Amen? Sitting in a pew and, and clapping my hands and just waiting until I get to go to heaven. Amen? There ain't a whole lot of oomph to that. Amen? I want something that's going to drive me and something that's going to fuel me and something that is going to want me to be something more, something different, something other than this world even says I could be. Amen? And that is ultimately what Jesus is bringing. <coughs> it's ultimately what Jesus is bringing into our lives. You ever choke on your own spit? <clears throat> Apparently that's what happens when you have a lot of caffeine bubbling up in you. <clears throat> so the reality for us is what are we really speaking over ourselves? And are we calling on his name? Are we calling on who he is? In our moments of, of despair, in our moments of calamity, in our moments of, uh, uh, it may be in our most spiritual moments, amen, are we caught up in the emotion of it or are we caught up in the idea of who Jesus is and what Jesus is wanting to do in our life and where Jesus is wanting to take us, amen? And so we, we look at him and we understand and, and we begin to pursue who and what he is, amen? Last week we talked about uh, we talked about Jesus and blind Bartimaeus. And we talked about how blind Bartimaeus, an insignificant someone, someone whose name we don't even know, according to Scripture, we just know that he's the blind son of Timaeus, we looked at him and we saw that even this insignificant person called out on the messianic properties of Jesus Christ. He called out and he said, Jesus, thou son of David. What was he saying? He was identifying who Jesus was. He was saying that everything God promised David is in you. Everything that God gave David is in you. Everything that was supposed to be for David is for you. Amen? So he acknowledged that, and he called out to Jesus in that manner, and he said, Thou son of David, if you can, heal me. Bless me. Move in me. Work in me. Amen? Now let me ask you this. How many of our, I don't even know what favorite TV shows there are today and don't really care, but, but, but how many of us could call out on our favorite TV or movie personality and say, if you can, you can heal me? Amen? What, what, what blind Bartimaeus was saying was he was acknowledging the power in God that had endured for the ages. He was recognizing Jesus as that, and he was saying, you can save me because I know who you are. I know who you are. I know what was given to you. I know what was promised to you. I know what God said he would do through you and through your line. So I'm claiming that, and I am asking you to work in me. Right? And friend, we, we need to treat Jesus like that. We need to see Jesus like that. We need to know him and understand him and allow all that he is to identify us. 
and label us and allow us to become what we're called to become. Because without the identity of Christ, we will never step into all that the Bible promises us we can have. Amen? You will never have spiritual authority, and you will never walk in power, and you will never walk in grace, and you will never walk in all that God has promised if you're not identified with Christ. Amen? Because it is only through Christ that we are grafted into that power. It is only through Christ, amen, that we become a joint heir of all that he is. And by becoming a joint heir of all that he is, it means every promise given to him is given to us. Amen? But we have to identify. We have to identify. And the way we identify, Bartimaeus showed us last week, blind Bartimaeus showed us last week, that we identify by calling on his name and who he is. Amen? This week we're going to take a little bit of a different look uh, at someone very different. And one thing you're going to notice, at least for the first few messages in this series, is I'm going to be sharing with you some of my favorite moments in Scripture. John chapter 4, starting at verse 4, it says, And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now y'all pray. I told you I'm jacked up on my caffeine because I've been drinking coffee this morning. But we got a lot of territory to cover because we're going to go from here to Genesis to Revelations. All right? So I want you to stick with me. Right? And I want you to hold on. Amen? Because I'm trusting that God shows you something this morning. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. And then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith thee, What are we doing? We're calling on his name. Amen. If you knew the, knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Amen. What are we going to call Jesus? We're going to call Jesus living water. Amen. When we call on his name today, when we call on his name tomorrow, when we call on his name this week and next month, what are we going to call? We're going to call on living water. Amen. We're going to ask the pure flow uh, from Calvary to come over us and to move on us and fill us with something that will never run dry. Amen. And let us understand this morning that we are thirsty and we are barren in this land. And we go through this life struggling because we're not calling on the right name. Amen. I'm not saying that you're going to have everything you ever wanted. But what I'm going to say is you're going to have a peace that passes all understanding. And you're going to have a joy that mounts up within you. And I am saying that it won't run dry. Amen. Because he's greater than the ups and downs. He's greater than the highs and lows. Amen. And you should be as consistent as anything walking the straight and narrow because he doesn't change. He says he's going to fill you, and he said that he is supplying in you what will never, what will never run dry. What will never run dry. Amen? So why do we get dry? 
Why do we, why do we struggle? Why do I lack self-control? Why do I lack joy? Why do I lack all of these things? Amen. It's because, and I, it's because I'm putting on labels in my life. I'm putting on labels through the week. I'm putting on labels every now and then that aren't meant for me. I'm choosing to, to be something in a moment that's not meant for me. Amen. I put a post uh, on, on social media yesterday, amen, from one of my favorite moments in Scripture. And it was when, when Mary was healed and when, when Jesus began to speak to Mary and, and she was drinking and, and, and dealing with the demons and dealing with the things that were in her life. And she goes to take a drink and they put the hand down and said, that's not for you. Amen. Now, I'm not here to argue whether we're drinking or not drinking. Amen. We'll have that conversation another time. But what I'm saying to you is this. There are things that you are allowing to define your life that are not meant for you. They were not designed for you. They were not prepared for you. They are not good for you. We can argue lawful all day long. Amen. But I don't care what's lawful. What I care about is what's spiritual and what is going to drive you into the heart of God and what is going to well up in you a spring of life for those that you encounter in this life, just like it did Jesus. Amen. I'm encouraging you to identify with living water. Living water, amen? If we are in pursuit of Jesus Christ, then we're in pursuit of living water, amen? And when that becomes our identity, we then become living water for everyone else, amen? And that's important for us to get that, amen? Now, I, I, most of you have heard me talk about this and, and define this. So I'm going to spend just a couple minutes on the woman at the well, but we got a lot of other places to go, amen? I want you to understand this was a woman who'd made a lot of choices in her life. Trying to find her soulmate, trying to find uh, the one that God had, had placed on this earth for her and making a lot of bad decisions along the way because she wasn't willing to wait. Because she wasn't willing to wait. Y'all out there? Uh, now, do we need to take time out and let's go get some coffee? Amen. Listen, listen. Sometimes, sometimes because we identify with something else, sometimes because we're not waiting on what God has ordained for our life, we go through stuff. Amen? That doesn't destine you for hell, and that doesn't define you in life. But what it means is, it means that you have to deal with those labels until you find yourself in the ability for you to be defined by Jesus Christ. This woman carried a lot of labels with her to the well that day. So much so that she couldn't even come when everyone else came. She came in the heat of the day, as you've probably heard a million preachers tell you over the years. She came in the heat of the day instead of in the morning when it was cool. Right? Because she didn't want to deal with the murmuring and she didn't want to deal with the finger pointing. And she didn't want to deal with the world's labels. Amen? And so she found herself at the well, and Jesus, Jesus, I love, I love how Scripture just puts things. Jesus had must needs to go through Samaria. Amen. What is that saying to you? The Bible writer is saying to you that Jesus had an appointment. Jesus had a, a moment that he chose to show up 
at that well and define himself to her. And by defining himself to her, defining himself to us. Amen? Because Scripture tells us that what's written is written for our learning. Amen? Including the Old Testament. Even what was written aforetime was written for our learning. Amen? That we might understand him and what it means for our life. Amen? So what we see in this woman is we see a woman who was labeled. We see a woman who was marked. We see a woman that noses were snurled and turned up at. We see a woman who made a lot of bad decisions. Amen? And ultimately was reaping the, the result of those bad decisions. And there were a whole lot of people who cared about her bad decisions rather than their own bad decisions. Y'all hear that? Did you get that? Amen. Amen. But there's this, there's this part of Scripture about taking the beam out of our eye while, while we're worried about the, the, the splinter in the other's eye. Amen. They were more worried about her labels and her bad decisions than they were their own. Amen. So it caused her to live her life a completely separate and different way because of how the world had labeled, laid, labeled her. Amen. What did Jesus do? How did Jesus respond? How did Jesus act? He sat at the well and waited. He sat at the well and waited. And friend, let me tell you what. Wherever you've been, whatever you've done, whatever bad decision you've made, and whatever all these, all these people who aren't here today, by the way, are labeling you as, Jesus is sitting at the well waiting on you. And he's ready to define himself to you in such a way that his truth and that his power and that his glory manifests itself. Amen. What, is, what does that really mean? It means that it takes up residence in you and in who you are and in what you're able to do. Amen. That's what the manifestation of God is all about. It's, it's about it taking up residence in us and producing in us the same things that it produces in Jesus. Amen. But we've got to choose our identity. What's our identity made up for? Amen. Jesus tells us here, amen, I am living water. I am living water. And what I bring to you, what I bring to you, will never run dry. It means there won't be a day that you don't have my presence and my knowledge and my power and my wisdom and my goodness that is ready to work and move in your life. Amen? As long as you identify with me. It is a well that never runs dry. It is a spring that is constantly flowing. And that's who I am. And, and I'm offering it to you. And what did she say? She said, give me this water. Give me this water. What does that say? Now listen, this was a woman of experience. Amen? And what she's saying in that moment to me and everybody else is she is saying, I haven't tasted this. I haven't found this. Everything I've tried has not brought me the joy and the peace and the satisfaction and the wherewithal you're promising me. So give it to me to drink. Give it to me to drink. Amen? And she did. My favorite part of the story is she ran back into the street saying, come see a man. Amen? Now, if you're one of those people, 
you're probably standing in the street rolling your eyes going, oh gosh, here she goes again. Right? Oh boy, here she goes again. Come see a man. Right? You can imagine the things they said. Amen. But this time, there is no shame. This time there is no hiding. This time there is no coming in, in the new day sun because she was ashamed. It was about running during the noonday sun, leaving her water pots behind because she found an identity that carried over all identities before. Everything that she had identified with, everything that she had said, I'll be this, I'll be that, I'll go here, I'll go there, I'll belong to this, I'll belong to that. Everything she had done before now was meaningless. Those labels were gone. And she said, I I will identify with living water. I will identify with this Jesus who told me everything that I have ever done in such a way that he drew me and compelled me to him. And I choose him. I choose him, right? And you say, well, Jane, we've heard this story a million times. And, and yeah, you're pumped up on coffee, so maybe you were a little more excited than than the norm, right? But, but really, what is that driving to us? And what is that pushing to us? And, and what difference is that trying to make in our lives? Friend, it, it's about the label and identity of living water. Amen? And, and I hope I'm going to show you some things here in, in Genesis in just a minute that might open your eyes up to God's plan and God's purpose for our life. Because when we come to living water, I love how, I love how they depict this woman in The Chosen. You're thinking, oh, I knew sooner or later he was going to get to the chosen. Amen? But, but I, I love just, just the, the, the exuberance and, and the overwhelming desire to tell people about Jesus and, and, and always being near him and always being around him and complete identification with who he is. Amen? And, and, and in, one of these, in one of the shows, she's in the market, and, and she starts telling someone about Jesus like it's for the first time, and they're like, yeah, 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 we know. You've told us. Amen? But her label is him. Her identity is him. She has chosen him above everything. And nothing else is good enough anymore. And friends, for us to really grab hold of what took place in her life, we got to get it on that level. Right? we got to get it on that level where what he did in her and what he showed her and what he offered her was more than anything she had tried before. And it filled her life with want and desire for one thing, Jesus. And that became her identity from that point forward. Now, when we think about living water, it takes us, it takes us a lot of places. And so when we think about living water... I want to take us all the way back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2. And, and I want to share with you something that I think a lot of us skip over because we think it's kind of insignificant or we don't really understand what, what is meant by it in the creation of the Garden of Eden. So in Genesis chapter 2, we're going to start reading at, at verse 8. It says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. What do trees need to live? Okay, just, just want to make sure you're keeping up. And good for food, the tree of life 
also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Amen. So what we see is God has placed all of the foundational purposes of his identity in the Garden of Eden, right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, the tree, um, trees that are pleasant for sight, and the tree of life. So everything that is talked about in the Garden of Eden is purposeful, amen? God is saying the tree of life is their meaning. I am present, and I am able to sustain and provide all your needs, Adam and Eve, Amen. But then he also says, but if you ever decide I'm not enough, if you ever decide that you think you need something more than me, here's the tree of good and evil, and I'm, I'm advising you not to eat from it. I mean, I'm paraphrasing this, right? But bear with me. I'm advising you not to eat from it because I'm telling you it will bring destruction to you. Right? It will bring ideas, it will bring knowledge, it will bring understandings that will destroy your physical life as well as your spiritual life. So I'm telling you to avoid it. But, but it's there if you feel like I'm not good enough. Amen? But here's the tree of life which promises to never not produce what you need. Amen? It is life. It is power. It is glory. It is a representation of me and who I am. And I am placing it here. In addition to all of this, I'm placing every herb yielding vine and tree and, and, and fruit in this garden for you so that you will never want for anything else. And it is all good for you except that one. God gave us his identity in the garden. He gave us his purity in the garden. He gave us his power in the garden. Amen. And where did he plant these trees? He planted these trees by a river. Amen. Let's keep reading. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. Amen. So we said that trees needed the water to survive and to grow. Where does the psalmist tell us? I think Psalm 34. Amen. Where does it say he's planted? He says, I am planted by the river. I'm planted by the water. I am planted in a place where I will always be nourished. I will always be supplied. I will have everything that I need to accomplish what it is God that has provided me. Amen. I will not wither. I will not be moved. I will not fall down. I will not allow the things of this life or the things of this world to set me aside. Amen. Why? Because I am planted, and I am nourished, and I am identifying with God because I'm planted. Amen? So now we see the trees, and we see the evidence of God in the Garden of Eden. And what do we see now? We see a river that supplies the water to the garden, making it the most pop, uh, populated and, and, and nourished place, populated by fruit, not people, populated and nourished place found on the earth. And then it says, and it became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, that is which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold and 
where there is gold. And the name of the second river is Gion. The same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third is Hedekel, which that is, which goeth towards east of, of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Okay? So we've covered that. We know what happens when Adam and Eve goes to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They're tempted of the serpent. Amen. They take of the tree and immediately they begin to understand the cravings of the flesh and begin to understand their want and their desire to please themselves and by, thereby labeling themselves with the things of this world rather than the same things of God. The things of God were plenteous. The things of God were beautiful. The things of God had purpose. The things of God had promise. The things of God were incredible. And yet they wanted the one little thing they were told they shouldn't have. Amen? Not told they couldn't have, but told they shouldn't have. Amen? And so they took of it and it began their destruction. They became labeled with it. They became labeled with this knowledge of good and evil. They became knowledge, they, they, they became labeled with the good as well as labeled with the evil, where what God promised them was life. Amen? What was the name of God's tree? What was the name of the tree that represented God in the garden? It was the tree of life. Amen? And, and we're not talking, you know, we're not talking animal kingdom at Disney World here. Amen? And it's incredible. I've been there. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. Amen? But we're not, we're not talking about something in a cartoon, and we're not talking about something uh, that, that is going to pass away, but we are talking about a literal tree of life that God says if you eat of it, and if you observe it, and if you worship it, and, and you commune with me, you will never, you will never fail. You will never die. And you will always have everything you need. I've thought about it, I've prepared for it, and I have provided everything you need. And so, unfortunately, man chose the label of good and evil, because sometimes we're really good, right? Sometimes we're really good. Sometimes we check every box. Sometimes we go and we do everything we're supposed to do. Amen? then sometimes we're evil. And so we label ourselves that way, good and evil. Amen? Trying, hoping, praying. Amen? Instead of being. Right? The label of God is about life. The label of God is about life. Life everlasting. Life that, that overcomes all boundaries and overcomes all circumstances and overcomes all situations. We're talking about a life without guilt. Amen? Where does guilt play in? Guilt plays in on good and evil. Amen? It don't play in in life. Guilt doesn't play in in life. Shame doesn't play in in life. Amen? Why? Because God's identity promises us truth and promises us passion and passing in the things that are of God. 
Amen? And then there's this river, this river that nourishes it all, allows it all to be, and it splits into four heads. And that's where I want to draw your attention um, this morning, as we, as we think about this, this idea of, uh, of water that never runs dry, as we think about this, this label of Christ, about being a, a, a spring that will always supply and, and a river of life and, and, and all of these things, I want us to understand this river that God created and God used to supply everything, the garden and everything Adam and Eve and their offspring and the generations to come would ever need in the middle of that garden, to fulfill his promises. Amen? You understand that? God God had it all figured out from the beginning. He put the river there that would meet every promise he ever made. And he split it into four heads. And if you study those four heads, and I'm not going to put pictures up on the screen, but it's an easy Google. You can see these things yourself. These four heads span out as they leave the garden, and basically they cover all of Arabia through the Middle East and all the way over to Mesopotamia. They touch and reach all of the lands, and we see in these scriptures, whether it be Sodom and Gomorrah, whether, whether it be all of these different places, Syria and so forth, that are plentiful in scripture later on, we see that they are plentiful because the river that God created to supply everything we would ever need touches them and brings them the sustenance and the power and the life that they need for everything that God was going to supply man if he had just behaved. Amen? And so as they push out further, look, it was designed. And what we need to glean from this, God not only gave us everything we would ever need to be that, that tree planted by the living water, amen? But he always intended for us to take it out. Are you with me right now? He always intended for us to not just wall up at home, not just wall up, you know, with, with our clique, not just to wall up, you know, with those that make me feel good about myself or, or, or those who have same interests with me or, or, or those who edify my flesh or, or, or those who, who make me feel this way or that way. Amen. He never intended for us to wall up. He never intended for us to be identified with anything else but Him. He always intended that we would be identified with Him and we would take that identity into the world, that we would follow the forehead of that river, knowing that they would sustain us, knowing that they would provide for us, knowing that they would fulfill us, and we would tell the world who God is, and we would tell the world who Jesus is, and we would let them know that there is a tree of life, there is a wellspring within me, and it beats anything and everything this world could ever bring me or provide to me. I don't need to know the difference between good and evil, because I I've got life. Hallelujah. And I identify with it. I choose it. I make it mine. It has lifted me over things that can't be lifted over. It is life and it is power within me because of who Jesus is. 
Amen. So I call his name. I know him. I know what he's promised. I know what he was designed to be from day one. And I call his name. I call his name. Amen. I call his name. And I believe he will find me. I believe he will fill me. I believe he will provide for me. I believe he will sustain me. I, will, I believe that every weapon formed against me will fail and every word cast on my name will bind up that tongue. Amen? Because he, he is my life. He is my life. He is my heart's desire. He is my well, Sandy. Amen. What did she say about the, about the well of, uh, of Joseph? She said it's deep. Hallelujah. Yes, it's deep because it flows from Eden, honey. It flows from Eden. It flows from the presence of God Almighty. And it takes depth in the earth to allow that to happen. But we can bring that to ourselves and cast off the identities of this life. Cast off the identities of this world. Cast off the bad decisions and cast off everything else. The people who want to waller in it can waller in it, honey. Because today I choose life and identity with Jesus Christ. Because he will spring up in me a fountain that will never run dry. A fountain that will never, ever run dry. And I think it's interesting Amen. That he intended from the very beginning for us to tell others. He intended from the very beginning that it not be, that it not be protected for a few. But from the very beginning, he expected us to allow that garden to flow into all of the lands. And to grow into all of the region and all of the area. And if you, I'm, I'm not a, a geography teacher or a geology teacher. Amen. But, but it's believed that the world used to be one great big piece of dirt back in the day. And then after the flood and different things, it broke apart and everything else. Amen. If you understand that and if you believe that and you put the map together on this thing, then it means that the goodness of God intended to touch all of this world. Amen. From this simple river flowing by the tree of life that God designed and placed in the Garden of Eden. Amen. So, man, when we, when, we, when we think about it on that, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I just drink way too much coffee, but I don't know. But when I'm reading this stuff at night, and then God reveals this stuff to me, and God begins to speak to me in it, and I think, oh, my goodness, way back then, way back then, God not only supplied it from Adam and Eve, but he was supplying it for me, GB. He was supplying it for me and for you. He was supplying it for us, for us to step into all that he is and do all that he leads us into without doubt that he would supply. Without doubt that he would supply and touch us with, meaning that we would touch everybody with who he is because of our identity of our identity in him, that we would touch and we would change lives, that we would speak peace, that we would speak power, that we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be someone who claims the name of Jesus but ministers everything else, amen, but we would be someone who speaks the power 
and the presence and the glory of Jesus Christ into someone. I had a kid ask me, amen, which this is good stuff because it means they're paying attention. I had a kid ask me, what does manifest mean? Amen? And it means just that. It means that we are allowing the presence and the power and the glory of God to be what we identify with. It means that it is who we are and what we are, and we are choosing that over everything this world offers and everything that this world gives and everything that this world provides. Amen? And it means, amen, when we see men in the New Testament like Paul say things like to live is Christ, amen, but to die is gain. Paul was saying, I don't need no tree of good and evil. Paul is saying, I, I don't need this, this confusion and this chaos and this garbage over here. What I need is this tree, this tree that stands when all others will fall. I need this tree, and it is the tree of life. I choose it. I claim it. It is my identity, and it will sustain me as long as he wants me here. Amen? Because that's my label. That's my identity, and that's who I am. And then if we look in Revelations, man, we're doing good. I, mean, I don't think we've even hit the hour point yet, right? And I'm all, I'm all the way to the third part. Huh? Yeah, some of y'all happy. Amen. Revelations 22, verse 1. I figure some of you probably already knew where I was going. It says, and he sued me a pure river. Of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life. Wait a minute. Isn't that what it said about Eden? Oh, wait, what? Let me read it again. And he showed me a pure river. Let me put my glasses on, make sure we're getting this right. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God. Amen. There's no knowledge, there's no good and evil happening here. Amen. It's pure. It's pure. Amen. Hey, what, what did they say about the Garden of Eden? Said that it was good, right? If you translate in the Hebrew, guess what it means? Pure means pure. So, so are we talking about the Garden of Eden? Or are we talking about the throne of God? Or both? And he showed me a pure river, a water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Everything Jesus has for you is good. Everything Jesus has for you is good, and it is full of power, and it is full of glory. Amen? In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life? Wait a minute, on either side of the river? It means, honey, that those roots go down, and those roots spring up. Amen? On both sides. Amen? The tree of life which bear twelve manner of fruits. How many tribes were there? Twelve. Oh, yeah. Twelve 
manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Let me tell you what, from the beginning of time, God ordained those tribes, and God ordained man to take those four river heads, the four points of those river, into all of the earth and to produce the fruit that would be received in heaven. And so when we step into the identity of Christ, when we step into the identity of the wellspring of life, when we step in and we call out the name living water, God responds to us with this very evident truth that he will supply everything needed for us to take the goodness and the gospel of Jesus Christ into all men and we will produce fruit as they were called to produce fruit and it will be received in heaven. It will be received in heaven. We're over here wallowing around in good and evil. We're over here wallowing around and. I'll I'll do my best. I'll try. Amen. Well, the few are over here claiming the tree of life, claiming the living water, calling out his name and allowing everything that is promised in that name to not only bring up a wellspring inside of them, but to take that wellspring and to take that life into the whosoever wills of this life that we might offer it back as fruit in heaven. And it is received, Scripture tells us right there, it is received monthly. Monthly. He takes account of our fruit. He takes account of our living. He takes account of our choices. He takes account of our identity. Amen? And as someone who identifies with Jesus Christ, we need to be producing fruit. Amen? And we need to be producing fruit within this church. Amen? Because it is where he has planted us. It is where he has put us. And he has done it with vision. Amen? Because without vision, we're dead. Amen? So we need to start walking in the vision. We need to start walking in the truth. And we need to start walking in the power that is God's. Amen? Because we're we're called called to flow along these rivers and flow along these, these, these avenues that God has given us and designed for us from the very beginning to take living water to the whosoever wills of this life who are dry and thirsty.